right, good morning. <laughs> if I didn't interrupt you, I think a party would break out right now, man. I love it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I love the church that interacts and mingles the way that you guys do. I, I really do. So uh, welcome, everybody. It's good to see you. Uh, I took a little break last weekend. I was, I was gone, spending a little time with family. Thanks for letting me go. I appreciate it. But I'm ready to get right into it today. Are you ready? All right, good. If you're ready, say ready. ready. Awesome. Uh, tell the person next to you, you got to tell them, hey, listen, li listen up quick because he's going to talk fast. Tell them. Yeah. All right, so we are going to get into the final installment, everybody, of a series that we've been in. We've been calling it Heart Check. If you've enjoyed the series so far, just make some kind of noise. Let me know. Good, good, good. The idea behind this series was exactly this, that we said, look, man, we don't want to start our year with resolution type thinking, right? Because stats would tell us, and maybe some of our history would tell us, that if we kind of start the year with a resolution mindset, we're probably not going to like stick it out. Most of us, if you have resolution, statistics would say you've quit already. And so uh, usually before uh, Valentine's Day, you've already quit. So we were like, Let, let's don't start our year with resolution thinking. What if we started our year with revelational thinking? Like, what if we just let God do something inside of us that would just change us from the inside out? Because here's what we believe with all of our hearts, that if God were to do a work in us, it would sustain and it would last. If I just try to be a better version of me, well, maybe that's possible, but maybe it's not as sustainable as if I have a revelation from the spirit of the living God. Amen, everybody? And so that's where we've been. And so this idea of heart check, uh, we've been digging into it, and we've used this one verse to start every week of the series. I'm going to start here again. Proverbs chapter 4. You can look on the screen, uh, look, at, look at your device, open up your Bible. But in verse 23, the Bible says this, guard your heart above all else, above all else. Why? There's, there's sort of like an answer after the comma. The reason that we would do that is because our heart determines the course of our lives. That some translations say that everything we do flows from there. And so here we are in this final installment of the series. By the way, my name's Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here. But we're in the final installment. I'm going to tell you guys where we're going today, okay? I'm going to give you a vision cast. This is going to be like Vision Sunday a little bit. I'm going to talk to you about some important things that are right in front of us as a church. Uh, I want you to think about this like a weather report. Is that fair enough? Like, like if you were to watch the news tonight, and I don't really know who does that anymore, but if you watched it, and if you do, try something different, and it'll make you happier. Um, I digress. Um, but if you were to watch the weather tonight, they're going to give you a forecast that's going to be a certain amount of time. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm going to give you a forecast of what's coming in our church. It's going to last a certain amount of time. I'm going to cast vision today that's going to take us through the end of July. Turn to your neighbor and say, end of July. That's all you're going to get today. That's it, okay? There's a bunch of incredible things coming. But today I'm going to talk about some of the like, key events that are right in front of us. Some of the key events that are right in front of us, meaning there's more, all right? So this isn't all we're doing, but this is going to be some of the things that we're doing. And we're going to talk about some vision today. And I want to start in Matthew 6. So we've been teaching out of Matthew chapter 6 all series long. We've been looking at the Sermon on, sermon on the Mount of Christ Jesus. And I want to look at two verses today, verses 19 and 20. Here we go. The Bible says this, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, here's what we're going to key in on today. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so here's the big idea from today is that I want to I talk about eternity a little bit. I want to get our minds to shift off of the temporal and into the eternal. Last week, I think Larry did an incredible job, by the way. Uh, just thought he was awesome. But just did an incredible job of challenging our church to have hearts for the kingdom of God. And he did a really, really good job, I felt like, of explaining the difference. There's this reality that the kingdom of God is a thing that is real and tangible. We can feel it and participate in it. We can move with it. And then there's the reality of, like, the temporary and the earth and the stuff around us in, like, real life. And he talked about how, like, you're born into that one, so it's easy to understand it and feel it. And sometimes, probably most of the time, be distracted by it. But Jesus in his sermon is like, hey, it's one thing to just store up for yourselves a bunch of stuff or a bunch of 
not, not, don't even limit to just stuff, but just focused on this life and this life only, which is easy to do. And he's like, but I want you to think a little differently. I want you to think about heaven. I want you to think about the fact that there's more to this life than this life. Amen, everybody? Amen. And so as a church, as a church, we try to maintain that kind of awareness and that kind of mindset. That's why we teach in topics like this. This is why we open up the living, breathing, infallible, perfect word of God, and we just teach from it. Amen. This is why. Because society isn't going to tell me truth, and my emotions certainly aren't going to tell me truth, but the word of God can lead me into truth. Say amen, because that, that is true. Even if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Um, this is true. Amen. And so what we want to do as a church is like we want to, we want to take a, a movement of people towards something that's bigger than just this and just now. We want, to, we want to move with eternity in mind, and we want to think about something that's more to this life than this life. And so we have this mission statement. By the way, the vision that I'm going to give you is not new. Nothing has changed. I'm just going to be specific on how we're going to achieve the same vision that we've had the whole time I've been leading our church. Amen, everybody? So, so no surprises are coming today, just some new details on how we execute the very same thing that God has called us to do the whole time we've been here. Amen. All right, but we have this statement, and it says this. like It's an expression of what we do, all right? And we reach people at church on the rock with the life-giving message of Jesus so that they can become fully devoted followers of Christ. Leave it up for me just for a second because I want you to notice something about that statement. Now, if you've ever been to All Access, you've already heard this before, but listen up because you probably forgot. All right, but that, that sentence is built with the great commission of Jesus in mind. Now, if you don't know what the great commission of Jesus is, it's like the final things he told us, his followers, to do before he ascended up into heaven. You can find that in two locations in Mark chapter 16. He said, I want you to just go tell everybody about me, everywhere. Tell them all. Preach to rocks if you have to. Just tell everybody about me everywhere. And then in Matthew chapter 28, he said, hey, I want you to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so what we've done is we've just taken those two things that Jesus said for us to go do, and we just did our best to throw it into one sentence. And so we exist to reach people. Go tell them all, everywhere. That's, like, that's who we are. That is what we do. We're just trying to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, everywhere, amen. But then he said, I want you to make disciples. In other words, like you can't just tell them you have to grow them. Like people can't just know the hope of Jesus. They have to grow in the reality of that hope because how many of you guys know that in a, in a life of faith, in a journey of faith, I am following Jesus, which means I'm taking steps all the time. And let me tell you when, where arrival is because I know some of you guys think you're super holy and all that kind of stuff and it's like, yeah, I'm there. Like, arrival's called heaven and until then we're taking steps to, to be more like Christ Jesus, amen. So the vision of our church is that, man, we just want to tell as many people as we can, we want to reach them with this life-giving message of Jesus because it is life-giving. It's life-transforming. It is all, it is everything. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the resolution to every problem we've ever known, amen. And I was somebody who was like, man, that sounds simple. It is simple. It's that simple. The hope of the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then God has called us also to make disciples, man, like raise them up. And so this is my favorite part, I think, and I'm falling more and more in love with the disciple-making part of being a pastor is because I love watching people take steps. I like taking steps. I like moving from one place to another. And here's what I've discovered about me, because God changed my life. I was a total disaster uh, when... when when I was young and I've made some stupid decisions along you know, my adult life and I was a total disaster then and every once in a while I make a bad step and feel like a total disaster in that moment, et cetera, you get it, I'm just a normal person. But what I've discovered about me is that man, like just taking steps toward the heart of God is always the right step to take. It's always a benefit to me. Sometimes it is difficult and sometimes it requires sacrifice from me, obedience. Sometimes I wonder like, God, are, are you sure this is right? Like, I don't know, this feels radical or crazy, but I just feel like this is what you're asking me to do or I see it clear, clearly in scripture. Therefore, I know it's a step I need to take. And here's what I've discovered, that every time I take that step, I find a footing that I've stood on, and that is Jesus Christ. And every time I find that footing, it builds my faith. And every time I take another step, I'm like, well, I want to take another step. And I want to take another step. And I want to take another step. And what happens is I start get addicted to the steps. Because it gets better. It gets better. And so my heart for you is that we would all take steps 
toward a deeper relationship with Jesus. Let me say it this way. We want everybody in our church to just know who God is, but to know him more and more and more and more. We want everybody in our church to find freedom because how many of you guys know, like, we got stuff, man. Like, life is a real thing. And because of the real thing of life, like, we, we need freedom from stuff, so we just want to find freedom in our church. We want that for every single person, and we want you to find freedom again and again and again and again. Because you might get free from one thing, but we got other things, right? I think we would all admit that. I really do. And then we want you to discover the reality that God has a purpose for you. Like, you're not a mistake. You're not just here. It's not like happenstance at all. In fact, it was super intentional. The Bible says things like, God knows how many hairs are on your head. If you're bald, that's easy, but maybe you have a beard. I don't know. God knows, right, Mark? All right, good. I used to do it too, man. I used to bick my head. People think I'm crazy, but I liked it. It was easier because you don't have to fix your hair, and you don't have to choose if it's a hat day or not. It's a benefit. Yeah, all right. The Bible says that before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. Like, there is a purpose for you. And we want our church to know that. And then we also want our church to make a difference in every season and every sector of their life. Amen. Because God has called us to make a difference in the lives of others. If you believe those things, just say amen real quick. All right? All right, good. You're going to preach better. All right. So if you're new around here, this is a great Sunday for you to be here. Because I'm just going to talk about some of the things we do. Okay, and how we do it. And I'm, so I'm going to talk specifically about some of the events and the things that are coming. But if you are here today, maybe you're kind of new to the church, new to the area. Maybe this is your first Sunday or it's your third or your fifth or whatever. All right, this is perfect because I'm going to unpack some things today that I think are going to help you. And so um, lately I've had a lot of people saying like, man, pastor, you've been a lot more bold. Like you've just been saying some bold things. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, because I want you to know like I'm not trying to be bold. I'm trying to be helpful. So I'm going to try to say some things that I think are helpful, okay, things that have helped me, and if they feel bold to you, maybe that's a good challenge. Maybe that's something that's appropriate for you to say, man, I needed that, because how many of you guys know that truth doesn't always feel good? Okay, all right. If you don't know that, let me help you survive life. Truth does not always feel good, okay? Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you don't know best. Sometimes the other people have it figured out better than you. Okay, all right. Here's what I want to say. When it comes to church, this thing about church, America has sort of done a thing to church that at Church on the Rock, I would love us to just undo as much as possible, okay? And so again, I say this often, I'm not responsible for the whole church, but I will give an account to the Lord for this one. And so I'm just going to do everything I can to just lead this one the way that I think God's calling me to lead this one. Does that sound fair, everybody? And so if you're church shopping and you're looking for a church, I'm going to warn you against a question that I think the American church search sort of process has, at, has created a mindset for us to think and a question that we ask. And here's the question. I think it's the wrong one. And the question is, how can this church serve me? And we just want to know, like, well, do they have stuff for my kids? Do I like the music? Is the pastor engaging enough? Are they doing enough stuff for me to feel like this is meaningful? And does that, does that serve me? And here's what I've, I'm, again, I'm just trying to be helpful, that I think if you show up to a church pr search process, or if at any time in your journey with a church you start asking that question, you've started asking the wrong question. Because I just think... That anybody, she's like with me, right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I think that any time that, that you, when I say you, I mean us, any time that you start looking at you, there's going to be problems. But I think any time that you start looking at purpose, there's going to be fulfillment. So the question that I think is better to ask is, does this church do what I can participate in doing like, and buy into it. So the, so the question shouldn't be, does it serve me? The question really should be, can I get with, like, in on this vision? Is it purposeful enough that I think like, I can make a difference there? I can show up and impact there. 
I can buy into what they're doing there. Because I think that, like, there's a lot of churches, and by the way, a lot of good ones, just right around the corner. There's, like, a bunch of them, like, within two, three, four, five miles of this very location. So I feel like if you're church shopping and you're not finding a good one, you're, like, you're not even trying. There's several churches that if I didn't lead this one, I could just gladly attend and participate and serve on their teams and get behind their vision, good stuff. Might be a little different than the way we do it. That's fine. That's not the idea. The idea is, God, are you calling me to participate here with this church in in this vision, and that's where we're going today. Does that sound fair, everybody? So, so again, I just think disappointment is when you think of you. Fulfillment is when you think of purpose. And so with that in mind, I want to talk to you about like what we're doing, why we're doing it, a little bit about how we're doing it. And this is going to be a little bit like a family meeting. Does that sound fair? So there's going to be some key events you might think, I need to be there. I need to put that on my calendar. You know what? We were going to take our vacation there. We're not now. We're going to move it because we're going to that thing. This is what the house is doing. This is what my church is doing. We'll participate together. Sound fair? I feel like I'm being heavy right now. I'm really sorry. Pedal this thing back. I love you. All right. All right, let me talk about some things that are upcoming here in our church. And I'm going to tell you why this stuff matters more now than ever before. But I want to talk to you about our next three sermon series that we are going to begin next weekend. So next weekend, on February the 18th, we're going to start a brand new message series. And we're calling that series crosswords. And it's a seven-part series that's going to take us all the way to Easter Sunday. And here's the big idea behind this series, Crosswords. On the cross, Jesus made seven statements. And those seven statements have profound meaning into our lives. It's a very interesting thing. The more I've studied this, the more that I've looked into this, the selflessness and the purpose focus that Jesus had. Because if you were torturing me, by the way, I don't think that the things that I would say are going to be all that beneficial to other people. I'm just being honest. Like the other day, all right, so we went to, uh, Lauren and I went on a little couple-day trip. We were post-celebrating our, our wedding anniversary, 22 years, happy anniversary. And so, so we're gone, and I wanted to treat myself, okay, a little bit. I just, you know, I just, I wanted to treat myself. And I went to like a real, legit barber shop. It was awesome. I mean, like a real thing. Like, they, they rolled me back. They were straight, like, edging my beard, giving me that fade. I mean, it was beautiful. It's the closest thing to the spa I'm ever going to know. You know what I'm saying? But well, they did this thing, and I, like, I didn't know, I didn't know. They put this like warm towel on my face. Guys, you ever had this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so he leans me back, and I'm expecting shaving cream, and next thing you know, my face is getting covered in a towel. And I'm just thinking to myself, if they start pouring water over this thing, I'm talking. I'm telling them everything. I'm just unpacking it all. They didn't do that. He actually gave me like a little massage. It was amazing. Here's my point. Jesus is different than me. Amen. And here's Jesus in like one of the worst moments, probably the worst moment of his physical life here on earth. And he is saying things that still have purpose. And he is still shepherding. And he is still teaching. And he is still unpacking truths that will speak into eternity. And we're going to take the next seven weeks, and we're going to unpack each of those seven statements, and we're going to kind of answer the question like, what does that mean for me? What is he saying to me? Because what Jesus said hanging on that cross still has an implication in your life and in mine today. Amen. Amen. Following that, we're going to do uh, another series that we're going to call See for Yourself. All right? And on Easter Sunday, we're actually, we don't even know how we're going to do it yet. We're, we're coming up with the creative now. But we're actually going to make an appeal because there's going to be, how many of you guys know people come to church on Sunday? It's like the one Sunday everybody comes. You know what I'm talking about? And they're coming. And so on Easter Sunday, we're actually going to make an appeal to people that like, I, I know you may have only come because it's Easter, but some of you are here because you are curious, is there more? You actually might be a little desperate or hurting just a little bit. And deep on the inside of you, you know something's missing and you want to find out, is what I'm looking for found in church? Is it found in Christianity? Is it possible that it's found in Jesus? We're going to make an, an appeal and do a four-part series, and we're going to say, hey, come see for yourself. Come find out more. And this is going to be based out of the story in the New Testament when Philip, Jesus calls Philip, and he realizes, like, man, you're the Messiah. This is amazing. And then he runs off and he tells his brother, and he's like, he's like Nate. Bro, 
I met him. Like, I know the Messiah, like the one we've been looking for. And then Nathaniel, he's, he's like starting a question, like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, where's this dude from? And he tells him, and he's like, can anything good come from out of there? Like, whatever. And then here's what is said back. He said, you got to just come see for yourself. And then boom, lives are changed because Jesus transforms our lives. Amen, everybody. So it's like, well, why are you telling me this stuff, Pastor? Because if you've got people in your world who are wondering if there's more, you might be thinking, man, I got to get them into that series. They got to be here on Easter. And then I got to see if they'll commit to come with me for that series because I think they'll discover the hope in Christ Jesus that I have found. Amen, everybody. And then we're going to spend all of May, all of June, and all of July in the longest series Church on the Rock has ever done in its history, and we're calling it a summer in the Psalms. And this whole series is going to be a series that is focused on worship and surrender. Like, what does it look like if I really have a heart that is worshipful and fully surrendered to the Father? What would God do with a heart like that? And if you know anything about the Psalms, you know that King David wrote the majority of them. In fact, Larry, I think you said that last week. You mentioned that very thing last Sunday. I just recollected that as I said it. And we're going to see this guy who the Bible says had a heart after the Lord's. And we're going to see a man who just constantly had a heart that was worshipful and fully surrendered to the Father, even though he had a jacked up life filled with all kind of issues, just like ours. He was still a man that sought the Lord, that was accepted by the Lord, that chased after his heart. Come on, somebody. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that all through the summer. We're going to just dig into the Psalms, and we're going to teach our hearts how to worship and how to surrender. Now, why I'm telling you about that is going to matter here in just a few moments, okay? Because that connects to other things we're doing. But I also want to talk to you, and this might be where you get your phone out and take a picture of the screen here in a couple minutes, or maybe you start writing some things down. But I want to tell you about some things that are upcoming, some event-type things that are upcoming that you might want to look forward to, you might be excited about, or whatever. Uh, the first one coming up is happening here in just a couple of weeks, but on February 22nd, that's a Thursday night, we're going to be doing a worship night at Church on the Rock. I know, everybody's like, woo! And here's why you're excited, because you just heard me say concert, and that's not what it is, <clears throat> okay? So let me, help, let me prepare you, all right? Because I know, I know, some of you guys are like, yay, man, I can't wait for Casting Crowns, they're coming, but that's, that's not what we're doing, okay? No offense to Casting Crowns. <laughs> I have an inside joke with a friend of mine, I'm sorry, and it's centered around Casting Crowns that I'm a fan of, by the way, in case you're curious. <laughs> so... Here, here's what February 22nd is, is going to be. First of all, it's a Thursday night. Second of all, it's going to be hosted where your kids got checked in this morning. So we have a very small auditorium. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, that like space is limited, okay? We have less than 200 seats that are available to all the people that attend our church. So just think about that. And then let me give you a little warning. You can't treat it like Sunday. Let me explain what I mean by that. You can't show up late and expect a seat. All right, you got me. You got me. Because most of y'all show up about middle of song two. Come on. Come on, I know how it goes, I know how it goes. But on this worship night, this, this has some real intention. Again, we're trying to disciple our church. We want people to be fully devoted. And here's what we have recognized in the life of our church in its current, series, in its current season, is that there are a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people within our church family who have been through it. Like gone through some real trials and real difficult seasons, real struggles, and so on that Thursday night, February 22nd, we're actually just going to host an atmosphere, and I know it's going to sound a little crazy to some of you, but it's going to be like a night of like lament, where we can just cry out to God a lot of the ways that David would, where he would just cry out from a place of brokenness and pain, and he would, I just need your help, Lord God. And so in that night, we're going to have prayer partners, and we're going to have people praying for other people, and so if you're like the type of person that you're like, I'm, I'm about to offend some people, but you're like ultra-baptist, you know what I'm saying, and you're just like, you worship just like this, might not be the night for you, because you're probably going to see some people with some hands raised, there's going to be some people, come on, you're going to get a little Pentecostal stuff going on in there, just warning, I'm just letting you know. All right. All right. No, I love all the denominations and stuff. It's good. But, I, but that, like, this is what we're doing. And so for some of you, some of you are like, yeah, that's cool, man. I'll just come next Sunday. That's good. But for others of you, you're like, man, I need to be there. I need to just get in the, I need to get into an atmosphere where the power of God can just do something to me I can't do for me. That's the idea. All right. 
The next big event coming, surprise, surprise, Easter's coming, everybody. Did you know? It comes every single year. I know, and it's early this year. It's on March 31st, which is pretty wild, but it's coming early. And here, like, why would you tell me that, Pastor Josh? Because I need you to right now start thinking and praying about the person that you're inviting to church with you on Sunday. You have two opportunities. We're doing a service at 9, and we're going to do a service at 11. I don't know if that's enough but that's what we're going with, all right? We're gonna do a nine and an 11. I have a feeling we're gonna pack this place out both of those times. And the reason I believe that is because you know people that don't know Jesus. And what I want you to do is bring them in to the final installment of our crossword series when Jesus said these words, into your hands, I, com- I just wanna cry. Mm. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And our prayer and our hope is that your lost friends that are searching for something would make that very statement from their own mouth on that day and say, you know what, this is the day. This is my salvation day. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit today. Come on, that's Easter. Uh, Cat's out of the bag, okay? Amen, amen. And listen, I'm telling you, like, bribe them, lie to them, get them here. Just get them here, come on. I don't know if that's pastoral or biblical, but talk with Jesus about it, see what he thinks. I've said this story a lot of times, well, I've I've alluded to this, but my dad got saved over a steak, a bribe of a steak. His brother said, Glenn, if you'll come to church with me on Sunday, I'll buy you a steak lunch afterwards. And I don't know if you know this, but the fastest way to a man's heart is his stomach my dad was like, yeah, man, steak sounds really good, and it changed his eternity. So what do you got to do? What do you got to do to get those people into the presence of God on Easter Sunday? It's coming, 9 and 11. Go to both if you have to. Skip the one because you took them to breakfast or go to the, you know what I'm saying? Like, do what you got to do to get your lost friends here. We're going to present the gospel to them, and then we're going to pray in the mighty name of Jesus that they experience the hope that my dad experienced. Amen, somebody. I want them to feel that same thing and the hope, of course, that you have. Amen. All right, and then here's the big announcement. You ready? All right, brace yourself. Look at the person next to you. Say, Brace yourself. All right, here we go. All right. The weekend after Easter is April the 7th, okay? And the only significance about April the 7th for Church on the Rock in 2024 is that is the Sunday we sustain two services moving forward, okay? So this is kind of a thing, okay? And, he, and here, here's the deal. I'm going to talk. I'm going to unpack this for a minute, all right? Here's the deal, okay, is that we have been seeing, feeling, experiencing a real move of God. Let me, like, real quick, this is not the first time Church on the Rock has done two services for a long stretch of time before we were in this auditorium and we were in our small auditorium where our worship night's happening, we did three Sunday morning services every weekend. Right before COVID, we had made this big, grandiose announcement that excited about one-third and scared the other two-thirds to death. And we said, we're about to launch our fourth permanent Sunday morning service and we had built an entire strategy about what the Sundays would look like and how we would rotate teams and all this kind of stuff, and I mean put a bunch, a pile of work and prayer and meetings and conversations into something that never happened because COVID changed everybody's world. And then post-COVID, the opportunity for us to move into this high school auditorium became available, and we thought, we, like, thought about it and then thought, well, should we? And I don't know, and so we just put that to prayer And we put that into conversation, and we just started asking, like, would that be the right thing for us to do or not? And we just weren't sure. Like, God, what what would you have us do? Uh, Because, quite frankly, historically, churches have not had very much success here in this room. That's just history. They just haven't done well for whatever reason. Many, many churches have gathered and met in this auditorium over the years, and not many of them, none of them, in fact, uh, had any sustainability long-term at all, and so there, like, there was some fear in me about that. Like, yeah, is, is there like? I don't think the room was cursed. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, what's going on? I, you know. <laughs> 
So a lot of prayer and conversation and thought went into, should, should we do it? And so, and so we did. And quite frankly, it was, in my opinion, it was the riskiest, and it was definitely the most expensive thing I'd ever led our church to do. It was not cheap to get here and do this. And we did it. And last year, in 2023, we saw moments where we had the type of attendance uh, that we're having now. We actually, the metrics showed that, hey, you're hitting certain you're hitting certain numbers that need, you need to, like in, in the, can I just let you behind the curtain a little bit? Like in the church world, there, like there's, there's um, what's the word? Of, tr- yeah, triggers. Um, there's a, what, say it, Larry? Yeah, I don't know. I'm usually really good with words. The words are hard today. There's just things that you measure, metrics. And you would look at, and the metrics will inform a lot of things. Like, oh, okay, because of this and because of that. And we do that with our teams, and we do that on Sundays, and we do that everything we can. There's a metric behind it. And so here we were last year, and we saw metrics that said it's go time. But we did not go. And there are two reasons that we did not go when we saw these metrics last time. And number one was, I don't think that we were aware fast enough or that we really knew what would come next. And then two, we just didn't have God's move like we have it in this moment. And moments matter. And it doesn't mean God wasn't moving. It just means that the momentum was not right for us to take this step. And so this year, as we started you know, doing what we do, and we saw like, we hit, trigger is a word that we use internally. Boop, we hit the trigger. Up, we hit the trigger. Up, we hit the trigger. Up, and we just... Week after week after week after week, we kept hitting this trigger, paired with the reality that God is doing something, and you feel it. You do. You've been talking about it and sensing it. It's why there's such engagement in our church right now. It's why people are participating in so many things. It's because God is doing something here. And so we just started to communicate to leadership, and we said, hey, everybody, like we, we've hit a trigger really rhythmically. We think it's go time. Here we go. Now, with this comes a lot, okay? And so can I unpack this just for a moment? We actually, you're going you're gonna to be shocked when I ask you to turn me up just a little bit, Wilson, if you don't mind. But I'm going to challenge, I'm gonna challenge uh, us just a little bit because what you may or may not know is that for us to make a Sunday happen, it takes about 75 people to do it every weekend, Okay, just about 75, give or take. And that's just a normal Sunday. That is not an event Sunday if we were to do something like baptisms or if we were going to have like uh, last weekend when we had uh, our life group launch and we had all like that. That's, it takes more then. And so it takes about 75 people. And so here's what we've discovered is that because of the excellence, I'm about to brag uh, my tail off on the amazing serve team members here at our church. Okay, so this is you, serve team. So if, yeah. So what we've discovered is that people will roll into our church and they just see an army of people with shirts on and people are parking and people are waving and you got pom-poms and and you got people opening the door and you got the kindest, warmest, most welcoming people on planet earth. They all exist right here somehow. It's amazing, right? And so people walk in and they just see all this stuff and it's like you walked in and it's all set up and you know whatever and you don't even know what the high school looks like because it looks like Church on the Rock when you get here and all this kind of stuff. And here's what we've discovered is that people go, oh, they're good. And the reason that you think that we're just good is because our team is so excellent. It's, it's them. Like, it's every single one of them that just makes it look easy. But what we re- recognize is that some of them are serving, and they're serving too often. Some of them are pulling too much weight. Some of them are bought in at a level that it's like, man, we, like, we need to get you some help because this isn't good for you, and we care about you more than your serve. Amen. And so, so if you're a serve team member, I'm not even talking to you right now, okay? This isn't even for you right now. But if you're not a serve team member, I'm saying that maybe this is God saying, this is how I can participate in a move of God through a local church. It's my turn and time. I need to get on a team. This is what I need to do. And I didn't expect there to be a lot of amens because here's what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you're thinking right now. You're like, man, I'm just, I'm so busy. And let me just tell you something. The people that serve on our teams are not serving on our teams because they're bored. They're not. They're serving on our teams because they are thinking of something greater than themselves. It's an eternal mindset. 
They've elevated above the simplicity of just day-to-day life. They're living Matthew chapter 6 and storing up for themselves treasure that is in heaven. And so here's the thing. When we go into two services, it just can't be the same people doubling down. It can't because that's unsustainable and that's unhealthy. And quite frankly, we love them too much to ask that of them. So I'm preaching not to the choir who's wearing shirts, serving, rotating. I'm talking to the people that have yet to engage in the move of a church. And as a pastor, I'm saying if this is your house, maybe it's your time. That's what I'm saying. Amen. That applause was the serve team, okay? Amen. There's something that I've said, and I, and, and I believe it with all of my heart. It's why I say it. Is that the vision that God put in my heart is impossible without you. Everything God has called me to, I cannot do unless you engage. I can't. That's the interesting thing about it. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the vision God put in your heart is impossible for you to reach without others too. Because individualism and isolation is not what God calls us to. A family and a group, that's what he calls us to. So really quickly, just to be a little bit more specific. So our hope in these two services is that we run two full service kids and everything. To pull that off, I need 38 of you just at Camp Rock Kids. There's 42 of them now. And some of you guys are like, what, there's that many? I said the same thing like two weeks ago. I know less than you think, I really do. I'm like, Nisi, how many people are on your team? She's like, well, somebody just stepped away, so 42. I'm like, dang, girl, that is amazing. Like, that is a good team. It's incredible. And then I said, hey, listen, she knew, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at metrics and we're praying and we're seeking God. Hey, we feel like we're, we need to be moving into two services and we need to do it pretty soon. And I just need to know how many people you need. Just throw it in an email. She's like, yeah, no problem. And I had sticker shock. I felt like I was a car dealership. I'm like, 38? That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. But like, I'm just being honest. That's what we need to keep our teams healthy and rotated and keep the next generation served. Because here's what I don't want. I don't want a family to show up to our church at 11 a.m. or whatever it is and then find out like, oh, we don't have anything for your kids. I was like, well, why not? Do they not matter? Well, we think so. And so because of that, we would like to serve the whole family, amen? And so I'm just asking you to seek the Lord about how you can participate in helping us make two services happen here at Church on the Rock. Again, because I, I would just love for there to be more stories of transformation and more people stepping out of a life of sin and damnation and into a, a life of life. And cry. I would like more marriages to just come together and find healing. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, that's coming. I probably peddled a little too long there. We also have another big event, and uh, maybe this is you, maybe this is your next step, but on April 14th, we are going to do baptisms here uh, at Church on the Rock. Kind of a complicated thing to do in this location, but we are going to figure it out. And so if that is your next step, and you just think, man, I need to take a step of baptism, I would love for you to uh, let us know that. Everything, cotr.live, by the way, you can go there and do all of this stuff, find out all this information. It's all there. Uh, but we just love to celebrate life change with people um, on uh, April the 14th. In June, by the way, we're going to be doing VBS. First time we've ever done that here at Church on the Rock. And the reason we're doing that is because we just believe God's calling us to lift up the next generation. I was poured into as a child, and this is why God has me here. And we just want to keep doing that for your kids and for the people coming behind us because we don't want our church to just get old and die. We want our church to live in every generation with the power and the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed. Come on. That's what we want. Amen. Amen. All right, I got to move because time. I just talk too much. Here we go. All right, so those are the events between now and the end of July, all right, that you could just mark and say, man, I need to participate. I'm going to be a part of that. But next, I will talk to you a little bit about groups because in an effort at Church on the Rock, we've been working for uh, a long time now, well over a year, maybe two. We've just been working really, really hard on, on helping our church become, like we want to be better at helping you be fully devoted, all in like a disciple of Jesus Christ. And by the way, let me just, let me disclaim something that doesn't mean perfect. None of us are perfect. The only good in us is the Christ in us. 
The only thing that makes us holy is the blood of Jesus on the cross for us, not our actions or our doings. Come on, somebody. And I know that a life in Christ does generate life change and behaviors change and attitudes change and all that stuff's real, but that stuff comes after a heart that's like, I'm all in on you, Jesus. What do you want me to do next? A, a, a lifestyle of obedience to following Jesus step by step. Amen, everybody? And so in an effort to do that, we have really, really, and I mean strategically and aggressively been working in this area of our church for a long time. And we're like, we're here. It's like, here we go. We're off and running now in the spring of 2024, but we've made some real intentional modifications to how we do groups around here. I mean, you guys were here last Sunday and you saw all the blue shirts and it's like, we're better together. We just believe in relationship. So biblical, okay? You cannot follow Jesus and do it without others. I just think that is contrary to Scripture, okay? And so here's what we've done. We, we have three different types of groups, and I think they're, go ahead and throw them on the screen. And some of you didn't know we had three, it's because it's brand new, but we have what we call, and I'm going to unpack what these are real fast, but we have what we call lifestyle groups, we have what we call core groups, and then brand new, brand new, is we have something that we're calling grow groups, Okay? So here's what a lifestyle group is. This is how groups began at Church on the Rock. We have this sort of phrase, a statement, because a lot of people would say, I can't really do a group because I'm busy. And it's like, that's cool, man. Life is real and it is busy. So if that's, if that's your pushback, I've just like with compassion say, no, 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 we get that. Like we, we know that life is busy, more and more demands. So the statement to combat busyness as uh, an excuse, for lack of a better term, is this. Like your life is your group. So the question we would ask is, that, well, what do you already do? that you could just invite other people to do with you. Like, do you eat lunch? Well, yeah. Like every day? Yeah, I eat lunch every day. Oh, great. Do you think that you could invite two or three people from your workplace and just have lunch with you? Well, yeah, but they don't go to our church. We don't care. We're trying to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus. They don't have to attend the church to be in your groups. I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> and so what we would say is, well, your life is your group. There you go. You're already doing it. Just invite some people to attend, to participate with you, and just love on them, man. Pray for them when they need something. Pray for Just be a Christian right in front of them. Just do it, you know? Your life is your group. And so that's lived and breathed in our church forever. Ever since we started groups, that's been a thing. But then uh, recently, we've started doing what we call core groups. And these are real focused, like more curriculum-driven groups, like if you've ever participated, for example, in Freedom in Christ. Yeah, amen. And if, and if you have, you've probably found some measure of freedom in your life because it's super intentional and it gets into some things and it helps you and you unpack some stuff. And I've done it like four times and every single time I found freedom from something. And they call me pastor. So think about that. Some of you guys are like, I'm a little nervous now. I would be too. <laughs> but we do core groups. And we're adding to those. So one of those that we're doing, by the way, is something we're calling discovery. Shout out Michelle McGregor right now because she's helping us to develop something that we used to do in a smaller context where it's like we say we want you to know God and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And quite frankly, when we measured ourselves, it's like we're not doing that discover thing very well at all. That was just, we had to be honest with us. It's like, well, then what can we do about it? And so we're developing a core group where some people, they step into, I'm going to just show you, like, they step into this life of Christ, and they're like, awesome, now what? They don't even understand that God, like, made you on purpose, so your personality, and the way that God puts you together, he did all that on purpose. You know how you go nuts when things are out of balance, and it just tweaks you? Like, God did that. He did that. And he did that for a reason because he wants to use that in you. And you know, others of you, you're just like, whatever, who cares? Who needs a schedule? Let's just bring what the day brings and do it the day. Come on. God did that to you on purpose, okay? <laughs> and he wants to use that because the people like me that are like, we twitch when things are out of balance, need people like you to just be like, come on, man, relax. Everything's okay. And I'm just like, is it? Woo. Thank you. Like, my point is, we want to help people discover. And so that's being developed. Look for that coming in the fall, okay? That's being developed right now. And if that's you, by the way, and you're just like, I can't wait. I need to know more. Tell me more about it. Just, just hit the Contact Us button on, uh, on our website and just put the word discover in there. We'll know what that means, and we'll get you. We'll get a roster built, unplanned announcement there, team, if you can help me with that. I would appreciate it. Uh, just let us know. I would love to start building the audience for that. What does that look like so that we can help you discover why God made you that way and how God wants to use you that way. Amen. All right, I got to move. 
This is your hope that I'm almost done. It's Jeremy. Thanks, brother. But here's the one that, I'm, that I am most excited about, okay, or what we're calling grow groups. And we've been beta testing these in 2023. We beta tested this with our staff, and then we beta tested this with one life group. We asked them, hey, would you guys run this, and would you just see how this goes, and then we want to get your feedback on it. And so we ran it in a fall semester, uh, just, just last semester. The feedback was overwhelming from our staff and overwhelming from this particular group. And so we instantly went into strategy mode. And so we got to get these things rolling. And they're what we call grow groups. And here's, here's what a grow group is. There's a lot of people that you're like, look, I would gather with people. I would invite them to my house and I would hang out with them. And I would be happy to like help people grow in their faith. She's like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't have, I don't know what to teach. I don't know what to study. I don't have a book I love, you know, whatever. And so here's what we're, what we're now doing is we're just taking the notes from Sunday and we're just saying, here, take this and talk about this. And it's actually got questions that you could ask. Like, you don't even have to think of the questions. You just, you just be like, what's up, everybody? Um, first question, like, it could be like that. And, and I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but here's what we discovered as a staff that like we would start talking about just the scriptures or one of the points that was made. And we'd have to, we'd be like, yo, it's been 90 minutes, y'all. We got work to do today. We got to move on. And so our staff still every single Tuesday participates in a grow group together and we just unpack Sunday sermon and the growth that it, the vulnerability, the, the conversations, the type of prayer, the type of breakthrough that we are seeing, the 10 of us are seeing is transformative. It's amazing. I'm getting a nod from Jeremy who's on stage and you can believe him because he's on stage. <laughs> I'll just play. <laughs> And so this semester, we have seven different grow groups running right now that you can participate. That does not include um, our youth that are now doing that on Wednesday nights. That does not include our young adults ministry that is now doing that. And it does not include our staff. So there's really 10 in all, but there's seven options out there. And so our hope for these, by the way, is that they actually, instead of running with a semester, they run with a series. So if we do a four-part series, you can have a grow group for four weeks. Boom, you're done if you want to be done. That's fine. The resources are there. and You just gather and, and meet. Or, hey, I want to do that crosswords thing. That sounds amazing. Let me unpack that for seven weeks. I'll have guests in my home for seven weeks. Great. Just let us get you the material, and we'll just let you know what to do and how to, how to do it. It's not a big deal. The idea, everybody, is so that we can go deeper into the Word so that the church, instead of me just preaching random sermon on a Sunday, and you're just like, cool, man, that was awesome. And then on Tuesday, you're like, what did your pastor preach about? You're like, I have no idea. If you ask me on Tuesday what I preach about sometimes, I'm like, I don't remember. I'm already thinking of the next one. But because of these grow groups, I can't get it out of my head. Because it's like we're going deeper. And when we had those conversations and that vulnerability, I just, I'm from experience. I'm just telling you, for, for six months now, I've been experiencing a grow group and it's transforming me. It's transforming me. Amen. All right. <laughs> Y'all want to go watch the Super Bowl? All right. I'm almost done. I promise. If I don't end soon, the Super Bowl will start without us. We got to go. We got to go. Um, and then there's other things going on. And one of the things I'm super pumped, so pumped up about, is the fact that our church is going to take a short-term missions trip this July. We're going to Zambia, Africa, everybody. In fact, a shout-out to uh, Lydia and Abby, who are two of the missionaries with us from Overland Missions that are going to take us to Zambia. Pretty pumped up about going... We advertised that there would be 10 to 12 spots-ish. We have 17 of you going so far, which means the boat is full. If you're like, yeah, but I still want to go and I'm still interested, I want you to let us know because there is the reality that some people might have to fall out because something happened they didn't plan or whatever. And so if you are still interested, we at least want your name on a roster so that if something changes, we can just let you know, hey, there may be an opportunity, right? And if you're interested, we intend to do several more trips next year, not one, several, so that you can find one that might fit your calendar a little better, and you can partner with us to go advance the gospel in places where people, listen to me, this is, I know this is going to shock you, they do not hear it at all. They don't know Jesus' name because they've, I want you to get this into your pipe and smoke on this for a second. They don't ever, never heard the name of, ever. How is that possible? Well, we're going to go help remedy that issue. 
And we're going to make sure that we do everything we can for people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere that God would allow us to take it, whether that's St. Augustine and groups, whether that's on Sundays or whether that's Zambia or any of the other places all across the world. Amen, everybody. Amen. All right, all right. We're going to land the plane right here. I'm going to take you to Psalm chapter 143, verse 10. I should never say put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can we delete that? Can you forgive me? That should just be something I never say. Can I just have your grace, Church on the Rock, for that? I apologize. I'm, I'm going to just say I'm sorry publicly. That, I should not never say that. Thank you. Do you forgive me, everybody? All right. In this soundbite culture, man, people are going to get you. I'm sorry. It's just, that's phraseology I should get out of my system. All right. Amen. Psalm 143, verse 10. Listen to, the, listen to the words in the scripture. Let's apply them to our own lives. Teach me, so take this personally, make this you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. And may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. So here's the question that I want you to leave today asking. It is the question. The question is this. How is God calling you to participate in his move at Church on the Rock this year? What is he asking you to do personally in your life, in your family, in your story? What is he asking you to do? Because the hope of the world is the mobilized church. It is us. We are God's plan A for the gospel of Jesus Christ, reaching the world around us, and we are simply better together. What is God calling you to do? How can you participate in his move? Is it getting on a team? Is it participating in groups? Man, is it starting to give and being obedient with your finances? What does it look like? Is it going on that trip? What does it look like for you? Ask the Father. Is it finally saying, I'm getting baptized? I'm going to lead a group now, whatever it is. The question is, how is God calling you to participate in his move this year? Amen. All right. Everybody stand with me all across the auditorium. We're almost done. Y'all look real good this morning. Maybe there's some of you this morning, you're at church. I don't know what got you here, but you're not a Christian. You're in the room. You're tuning in online. Not a Christian. I believe with all my heart, with all my heart, that when the gospel is presented, even in a context like this, like vision, that the power of God has the ability to change people's hearts and lives forever. I believe it. And so that's why at Church on the Rock, this is like a thing you can expect if this church becomes your home, is that every single Sunday, no matter the topic, and no matter the communicator, we are always going to give people an opportunity to step into a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a promise. And so I'm gonna take that same verse we just read, right? So we just, we just read it, and it was focused on like, teach me to do your will. Lead me forward. That was for those of us in that relationship with Jesus. For those of you maybe you're not in it, look at the verse like this. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. And maybe this is your moment where you're like, yep, that's about to be true for me. I'm not pushing back anymore. I'm about to make you my God. For your gracious spirit leads me forward on a firm footing. I just want to make you this guarantee. Taking that step of faith into a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, is as solid a step as you're ever going to take in all of eternity. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to lead us in a very simple prayer. And we're going to go into worship. We're going to just respond this morning with the prayerful question, what is God asking me to do to, to participate in his move? So here's our prayer. If that's you, every person, y'all know how we do it at Church on the Rock, let's teach them. I want you to say our prayer. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap of praise to our God. Hey, if you just joined the family, welcome. It's awesome to have you. We're about to go into a song of worship. Just take this as, as like 
receive this as a blessing if nothing else right now ask prayerfully the question that we were asking some of you may want to come down front for prayer or you may want to receive prayer in our prayer room off to the side let's respond